Welcome to the Scotty Mac with Cheese podcast. Really an honor to be speaking with a WBRZ alum, now in the big time at WWL in New Orleans, Dave Nussbaum. Dave, welcome in. Hey, Scotty. Great to hear your voice again. (laughs) Well, it's not as prevalent as it used to be when I was on the radio, but, uh, you know, the podcast thing is a lot of fun. That works. Yeah. You've been uh, a little bit busy in the last few days, even though Laura was more of a factor for my hometown in Lake Charles. You were still kind of, a couple of days out, we were still kind of a little bit nervous in southeast Louisiana. Yeah, we were. Of course, we had this hurricane called Marco coming toward us first. Yeah. And fortunately, the thing we love to hear me talk about on TV is the word term wind shear. And wind shear is our friend. It helps rip apart storms. And that one destroyed Marco. Uh, so we lucked out with that one because that one was headed right here to New Orleans. But then really the whole time, kind of more concerned with Laura. That one obviously turned into a massive hurricane. And uh, now we're going to be just recovering from that for months and months and months. And there wasn't a lot of wind shear. They talked a little bit about that. I was watching the local TV station in Lake Charles, and they were talking about how wind shear was not as prevalent as what they had hoped. Right. It just it didn't uh, really come in. Toward the end, there was some wind shear. I noted that last night that uh, it's trying to kick in. But I think at that point it was too little too late because uh, Laura was so intense, a Category 4, borderline Category 5 hurricane, that at that point, unless the wind shear is, like, ridiculously strong, it is not going to make a difference on a storm that big. Were there any things about this storm that you were saying, uh-oh? Yeah, the, I mean, when it rapidly intensified, which I expected it to do, I mean, it was moving over the Gulf of Mexico, which this time of year, you know, is in the mid to upper 80 water temperature. There was no wind shear at all to rip this thing apart. And it had high pressure aloft, which is what you need on top of a hurricane for it to grow and get bigger. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, we were watching was the big ridge of high pressure at the surface over Bermuda, known as the Bermuda High, was building its way closer to the United States. And what happens when you get storms coming out of the Caribbean area, like this one did, it rides on the path of least resistance, which is the western edge of a ridge of high pressure. And so that track was taking it into Louisiana. And it was a matter of, okay, where in Louisiana is it going to go? And if you go back and look at the Hurricane Center's forecast track on Sunday, it was dead on four days later. Yeah, that was that was pretty accurate. Although um, what was really strange for Lake Charles in a good way, that right before it made landfall, our uh, buddy with his uh, tight shirts, who really didn't, he, he didn't don the really tight shirts this time. Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel. Yes. The, the mm-hmm. thing he was uh, kept going on and on about was the storm surge. It's inconclusive, but most of the reports had a storm surge at Cameron about, what, 8 feet, 10 feet, something like that? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about 20. So, right. But they, they, so, they, they can be unpredictable, though. Depends on where it's spinning. It, yeah, and that is what the key is to this whole thing. The projection for landfall was right around the state line, the Johnson Bayou area, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you, you, right. you know Absolutely. that very well. Good fishing. So that is west of Cameron mm-hmm. and right by the Sabine Pass area. So if landfall is there, your worst stir, storm surge would be immediately to the east of where landfall will be. So basically on the, the right side of the center circulation. So landfall wasn't there. It was in Cameron. 
and that's roughly about maybe 10 miles or so uh, from each other. So yeah. now you're putting that significant surge of 15 to 20 feet off to the 10 miles or so east of Cameron, which down in Cameron Parish and also into western part of Vermilion Parish is practically uninhibitable. That's right. That's exactly right. So the worst of the surge hit the best place possible. It hit an area that's not really that bad, a marshy area, swampy area. And so we lucked out by it. Just that track changing that maybe 10, 20, 30 miles, whatever that is, and moving off to the east a little more, that probably saved Lake Charles from getting the worst in those catastrophic floods. And instead of flooding an area, we'll never really, really know how high it actually was. Yeah, the the person I was speaking to is it uh, kind of did a little turn toward Iowa, which is, I don't know, yep. probably about 10 miles down the road from Lake Charles. So the Between friend, there and Jennings, right? That's exactly right. Iowa is, it's a little closer to Lake Charles, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of wind. I mean, I don't know oh, if yeah. you saw the pictures on my Facebook page. I had some friends take some pictures KPLC TV 7's tower that used to be their primary tower. It was kind of like the way that uh, Channel 2 had it for a while before they had their tower uh, moved out. Yeah, but it was like they had a tall tower, and this was in downtown Lake Charles, and it was a freestander. And that sucker just collapsed in the middle Mm -hmm. and fell on the building. You know, thankfully, there was nobody there in that kind of breezeway area and it's not the main studio, but it did knock uh, Channel 7 off the air. That tower, being from there, and I, you know, I was a, I was a radio guy, so I kind of oh, was, yeah. I took interest in, you know, towers and stuff like that, you know, radio geeks. That tower was built to withstand winds in excess of 100 miles an hour. And that sucker just kind of bent like a piece of coat hanger or something. <laughs> Speaking of the winds... Uh, I posted on my social media pages as well on Facebook and Twitter. The National Weather Service office in Lake Charles is at the airport and they evacuated. So they're there at the airport and they evacuated the building. The Doppler radar, though, of course, is there, too. And the Doppler radar is wind rated to 134 miles per hour max. Well, there was a wind gust of 134 miles per hour at the airport and it destroyed the radome over the radar, and wow. the radar is now destroyed. And it's just an incredible picture to see. Uh, and again, if you check out my social media page, you can find that. So that radar is going to be out for a while. So let's hope we don't get any kind of storms coming anywhere near yeah. So Now there's a gap basically between there and New Orleans yeah. without any radar coverage. Fort Polk has a radar, but that went out, although I don't know if it was damaged. Uh, since the, I did go right over Fort Polk, too. Right, and there was uh, not far from uh, Fort Polk. That's where that 14-year-old girl lost her life uh, as a tree uh, fell on her. But, you know, talking about the winds and your buddy Ben, I was actually watching Channel 7 on YouTube, and okay. uh, he was uh, he was kind of fussing at people that were not leaving. He says, I don't know what else I need to say. I mean, he was, he says, you've got to get out. You have to get out. This is worse than anything you've ever seen. It's worse than Audrey, if you're old enough to remember that. And uh, this was worse than Rita. And I I was trying to think of another one that uh, hit Lake Charles. But this one was worse than all of them. Uh, As far as winds are concerned, 
the, the roofs torn off of buildings. But really, before these new buildings, these new skyscrapers were built, like that uh, Capital One building downtown used mm-hmm. to be the old uh, Calcasieu Marine National Bank. And what they did was they did a I saw this guy go down the street where the old uh, skyscrapers of all of 10 stories were hardly any damage at all. It was the newer buildings that had the, the structural damage. The, the, the windows blown out of that high rise were, you know, the and, picture. And, and it's funny you mentioned all that. Um, first of all, going back to the winds, this is the strongest hurricane ever to hit Louisiana. It's just incredible to see that, first of all, there down in course, Cameron Parish. I know Cameron Parish was totally wiped clean, essentially, after Rita. Uh, you know, they had a 15-foot to 18-foot surge down there from Rita. And a lot of the homes, you know, that were elevated weren't elevated enough. But they rebuilt, and they built them higher to those standards. So I'm curious to see if they survived with the wind and the surge down there um, just these 15 years later. You're uh, listening to the Scotty Mac with Cheese podcast. My special guest, Dave Nussbaum from WWL-TV. Uh, I call him the next Nash Roberts. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's kind. That, yeah. that, that's <laughs> you, know, you know, your buddy Josh Aegis uh, over at uh, Channel 2. It was a, you know, when you were here, and, and I just got to tell people this. This is kind of off the beaten path a little bit. When Dave was here and Josh was here and then Pat Shingleton, this, I think we had more, more weather guys from Pittsburgh than they have in Pittsburgh now. <laughs> that's true. Three Pennsylvania boys in Baton Rouge. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so uh, let, let's get back to uh, Laura. It stayed a hurricane until what? North Louisiana. Yeah, it got to uh, about Shreveport-Weston area, so a hurricane before it was downgraded. So uh, that's pretty far inland, but with a storm as strong as this one was, that does make sense. You see those storms that are that big and moving fast, which is the key for it to maintain that status that far north. Now, as this thing has taken a right turn and going east, is it still on track to go across the midsection of the U.S. and then exit to the Atlantic Ocean? It is. Uh, it is going to be heading that way. And then as it gets to the Atlantic Ocean, I think this is what you're kind of getting to, uh, what's it going to do out there? Yeah, that's my that's my question. <laughs> Didn't we have a storm? Went up through the Gulf and went out in the Atlantic, and then it, it got stronger again. Sometimes they can. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I can't think of it. It was a couple of years ago. One came on somewhere Texas, Louisiana, curved all the way around back to the Atlantic Ocean, still stayed a tropical circulation, came into Florida, curved back in the Gulf of Mexico, became a tropical storm again and hit Louisiana like a week or two later. Same storm. So You just don't <laughs> know about these things. She's just going to do what she wants to do, whether you like it or not. Now, before I get to, because we're coming up on the 15-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, tell us about this bad boy or bad girl that's out there uh, in the Atlantic. Yeah, what we're looking at now, there are two ways we're watching. One of them is basically right near the uh, Cabo Verde Islands, just off of Africa, and another one is halfway between Africa and, say, the uh, Windward and Leeward Islands. So the one watching out there that's uh, basically off of Africa, that one just has a low chance of development at this point at 20%. But uh, definitely worth watching, I think, that one as it continues to move through. Uh, The models are hinting at this developing into something and becoming a named storm. But it wouldn't be until 10 days or so from now before it comes anywhere close to the United States, if that at all. 
Uh, we're talking back into the uh, maybe second week of September. So this one's way out there. I mean, we were tracking Laura two weeks before it actually came all the way here. So watching that, I don't see anything right now. But again, this is a little too far out to give any kind of accurate prediction. And they're coming into the Gulf of Mexico. So yeah, exactly. Uh, let's just hope it stays there, curves up the East Coast United States and goes out to sea somewhere, not impacting us. But there's also another wave I'm watching that does have a little bit better chance, 30% chance for development, tropical wave, the central Atlantic. This one looks like it's going to go through the Caribbean. And depending on its intensity, uh, definitely worth watching as well, too. Looking at the forecast models with that one, uh, that one, it, it does have, uh, the models are have hinted at it showing some sort of possible development, but we kind of have to wait and see if that wants to do anything at all. Models aren't really buying into a lot of development with this, but this would go across the Caribbean, possibly into Central America somewhere, or Yucatan, if that holds true, but it wouldn't get to those locations until roughly, I'm looking at the models now, we're talking September 5th and 6th, yeah. so a while away. That other one we we're watching that is coming off of Africa, it has it potentially off the east coast of the United States, September 12th. Okay. So gotcha. we're, we're talking, you know, two weeks plus away for that. Obviously, we're watching this closely. Uh, we're coming to the peak of hurricane season, which is September 10th. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, I've always said when you get roughly August 15th to essentially October 15th, is our go time for tropical systems here in Louisiana. Right, right. Um, and we're obviously right in the middle of all that. We're coming up toward the peak of it. How many storms can you think of here just in the last decade or two that have hit between right now, we'll, we'll go back up a little bit, the 25th of yeah. August all the way till about the 25th of September. Some real notable. You've got Andrew. Yeah. You've got Katrina. You've got Rita. You've got Gustav. You've got Isaac. So, Ivan. Wasn't Ivan uh, in that time frame? Ivan. Yeah. Ivan's there in September. Yep, it was. You know, Ike was in there as well, too. And so these next couple of weeks, this is where the walking on eggshells. It seems like um, just remembering this time of year being so active, they don't have to necessarily form way over there in Africa. I've seen some uh, that have formed in the Caribbean. Katrina wasn't in off of Africa. Katrina formed in the Bahamas yeah. and then curved its way through Florida, and we know where it ended up. So, yeah, so you can get these systems. Now, the wave essentially may start way off in Africa and not do anything until it gets closer. But sometimes, you know, you get a little system coming off the uh, coast of the United States, a front, and in the tail end of the front, sometimes a low will form and can develop into a tropical system. It's just... We like it when we get toward the end of September because we start seeing those cold fronts come in. And usually that means if something gets in the Gulf and that front times it right, you know, it pushes it into Florida versus coming our way. We've got the 15-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. And, you know, my, my wife is from New Orleans. And still every now and then when we'll see a blue tarp, she calls it blue tarp syndrome. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it's a thing. It is, it is. And, uh... Dr. Josh was talking about hurricane amnesia. The longer hurricanes have been away or in, you know, the memory is, has faded a little bit. I don't think that's the case with Katrina. No, I, I call it PTSD. It's a hurricane PTSD. And every hurricane season, I, I, I see it coming out. Um, and I get it. I totally understand it, too. I mean, sometimes if it's a big hurricane, I'll get a little uh, hit in my stomach. Go, uh oh, um, you know, until I feel comfortable. that OK, this is not coming. This is coming. And, and then all the listeners, I understand it very, very, very well. I mean, I, I wrote all these hurricanes with everyone here in most recent times, too. And it's a serious thing. 
And, you know, we don't forget things like that. You know, down here, it's not Hurricane Katrina. It's just Katrina. You know, we, we don't have to give it the, the title. We, we just know by name. And other parts of the country, I don't think they get it. They don't understand it. Just like if we get snowstorms, we, we were like, oh, this is so cool, you know, because uh, it doesn't happen here often. But everyone doesn't understand them like they do hurricanes. It's, it's just one of those weird things regionally where you get it. And down here, you're not going to forget. About, I mean, how about Betsy? No one forgets about Betsy. No one forgets about Frederick. No one forgets about Camille. And those are some significant hurricanes. With uh, Katrina, tell us a little bit about what y'all are planning to do and, and remember about things. And maybe you could tell us some things that you've heard and seen in New Orleans. There was always talk of preparation after the 17th Street Canal breach and, among other things, the storm surge. Well, I mean, the Army Corps of Engineers continues to work on the levee systems out there. They've made significant improvements since 2005. I mean, now we can close all the canals so the water cannot go down the canals and overtop them. And we have breaches like we did back in 2005. So all of that is there in place. However, there are still a lot of areas that are not protected by levees outside the city of New Orleans and outside of Jefferson Parish. So if we would get another Katrina with a significant storm surge of 10 to 20 feet or something like that, there's going to be some areas that that's just not going to work. And I hate to say, if we get a surge over 20 feet, I don't think necessarily that the levees would hold that. I think the water could overtop of them. I mean, that is significant. I mean, the 28 foot surge from Katrina there on the Mississippi coast is just unbelievable. And if we get another one, that's anything that size, it doesn't matter what levee system you have. It's mm-hmm. not going to survive that. Maybe the evacuation, hopefully, the evacuation plans would be a little bit more sophisticated than they were for Katrina, because I can remember that. Oh, I do, too. And I think if we go on there I'm like this, and we if, if something like this, God forbid, ever happens, and we're on air, and I'm on air saying, get out. If you thought Katrina was bad, this is going to be worse. Yeah, exactly. I think enough people would be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did he just say that? You yeah. know, and... I would think that we could get everybody out. The city may become totally flooded and submerged, but if we can get those, you know, save all those lives that we lost last time, uh, I think that would be, I think people are more savvy now and understand more the power. I mean, the hurricane itself was bad, but New Orleans before the levees broke didn't fare that badly. Yeah. I mean, there was damage, but Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing that you couldn't recover from. And then once those levees broke, what was the day after that was it? You know, and I'm talking about what happened in the aftermath of that. People getting out of the city, but they can't find family members. I remember being on the radio doing extended coverage. All the radio and television stations were off the air. So, you know, they were flying in engineers, seeing Mm -hmm. what they can do to get people back on the air up and running. And on the radio side, there was the only signals that people could get in New Orleans were the the Baton Rouge 100,000-watt FMs that, that got in there. And mm-hmm. I can remember taking call after call, people just frantic and sad and crying. And I will never forget that. I could be 95 years old one day and <laughs> not have the memory I used to have, but I will never forget that. I mean, it was no. just... And then all we could say is... You know, here's the emergency management number, here's the Red Cross, and that's all you could really say at that point. Hopefully, uh, and, you know, from a state level, we've seen some improvements there as well. 
I mean, the city of New Orleans has planned in place, has a plans to go to evacuate. We have spots around the city where there's these statues that are in place, this artwork where you can go there, and that's where the buses will pick you up and take you out um, if you don't have means of transportation to do that. So that there are, there are much more improvements. We understand more, and you were able to do that and help a lot of those, which a number of people in New Orleans do need help. They don't have the means to get out. Uh, you know, they rely on public transportation to and from work and to the grocery store, and they don't have their own vehicles. So the city does have a plan now, God forbid, that we ever have to do this. We were able to hopefully do this and get it done correctly. Yeah. As long as there's enough time uh, to do that, and that's the other key factor, you know, if we see the storm coming, like we, you know, and we have enough time to get out, that's good. If it's a quick forming storm and moving fast, that could be a whole other story. All right, Dave Nussbaum, appreciate the visit. Uh, talk yes. to, uh, we visited a little a little longer than I said, but uh, I was going <laughs> to require of your time. But I certainly, right. yeah, I certainly appreciate. How's uh, how's that little boy? Uh, growing up quickly. He's he's supposed to start in kindergarten, but oh, you know because goodness. of COVID. That's been pushed back, and because of the hurricane, it's been pushed back again. So one of these days, he'll start school. Guys, five. I can, I can remember when he was just like, just walking, just barely walking. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's, he's growing up. His personality is uh, developing, and every little bit of a five-year-old energy, oh, he's boy. got it all. All right. <laughs> yes. Good luck keeping up with him, buddy. Uh, let me just uh, put this out here. If uh, people want to contact you, if they have specific questions, if there are any other developments, what are the addresses to reach you on Facebook and social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook. Just go to a search for meteorologist Dave Nussbaum, and you can reach me there on my Facebook page. On Twitter, it's Dave underscore Nussbaum. You can catch me there. Follow me in both those to get, uh, of course, weather updates, especially during this hurricane season. And if you have an Instagram uh, account, so you can follow that one. It's uh, David J. Nussbaum. Uh, from my Instagram. Different names because other David Nussbaums had the names and I had to change them all up. So, oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dave, we appreciate it uh, checking in with us, giving the recap of what's going on with uh, Laura and also kind of a look back with uh, Katrina. And uh, we hope to talk to you again. And uh, and you try to try to hold on to that uh, self-proclaimed title I gave you, the next Nash Roberts. <laughs> hey, I will do my best to do that. Thank you so much for having me on and okay. wishing all the best in recovery here for uh, Southwest Louisiana. You know, we are Louisiana strong. We work well together. We are a family, whether you're from New Orleans or Shreveport or everywhere in between. And so we'll all come together to make sure everyone recovers well. Good way to close this thing out. Dave, thank you so much for checking in with us. Be blessed, brother. You too.